0: It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle. Let's go back to your huddle on Giants.com. Tempo
1: tempo, tempo. and the Giants Mobile. App. Go, 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 Part go! Of the Giants
0: Podcast Network. Yeah.
1: Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. John Schmoke with you. Today's guest is Dan Orlovsky from ESPN. But first, as a reminder, the Giants Huddle Podcast can be found on your favorite podcast platforms at Giants.com/slash podcast and of course on the Giants Mobile app. And now we're joined by our guest, he is Dan Orlovsky, you know him from ESPN, he does some color analyst on some of their college games, he's always on NFL Live, and you should check out his new podcast, it got right to the top of my list, it's called Tape Heads, it's with Scott Pioli, Bob Wichusen, and of course Dan, who studies all that tape. Dan, you got Schmelk here, good to talk to you man, how's everything?
0: Yeah, everything is great, buddy. it's really, really good to talk with you, especially for the Giants, after coming off a... Of- a really good win on the road, right? So it's good to be with you, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. We were we were texting last week and and we were joking back and forth about the Giants needing to get big plays, and I think they listened. They they led the league in explosives <laughs> in 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 week 4 in terms of passes over 15 yards. What did you see in that game that that allowed them to start getting some of those explosive plays?
0: Yeah, I think, first of all, that the coaches understood that, you know, specifically Jason Garrett, they had to help some of those. You know, it's not often, hey, I called this play, just go make it happen. A couple plays stand out to me. First of all, the John Ross touchdown. Um, That was what we call a P and 10. You know, it's first down within the position. You get that. There's often these tendencies that defenses will give you. Hey, the defense loves to come out when we give them 12 personnel to start a position. They're going to give us their nickel front and um, cover four. And that's kind of what happened in this situation. P and 10, you get the opportunity to understand or or kind of assume the defense is going to be in a coverage and you take your shot. So that is coaching. Now, credit Daniel Jones and Ross for the execution, but that is coaching. Um, A couple chunk throws in the play-action game, I love because they presented the defense with the same formation, slot, two back, condensed and ran one row concept and came back in the second half same formation same look same action but a different route concept that's not something the Giants have done um I love the fact of the Saquon Barkley touchdown because earlier in that game they ran empty set Saquon Barkley outside and ran that stick route and Daniel Jones threw it to him well they come back to the same thought process and the thing for me is that, that is something that is talked about on the sideline with Daniel Jones. Hey, Marshawn Lattimore is getting nosy. He's getting eyes in the backfield when we put Saquon outside. We're going to give him the same look. Let's take our shot downfield. And, again, it's always tied together. Um, but I just love the fact that it seems the coaches really understood, all right, there, there's some stuff here that we can do to help these guys go create some of these explosive plays.
1: Now, Dan, I'm with you. Four of those explosive plays came on first down off a of play action. Uh, One of those came off an RPO on second down. So they they were trying to set those up. And and how much, too, had to do with what the defense was showing them, right? Because the first three weeks, the Falcons, Denver, and Washington, they play a lot of that, you know, quarters, cover two, two two-shell stuff. The Saints, much more aggressive type of defense where those opportunities, I think, are probably a little bit more available. And they had some blown coverages back there, too. How much is what defenses are showing you going to impact the type of explosive opportunities you're going to have week in, week out? And what do you see from the Cowboys' defense from that respect coming up in Week 5?
0: Yeah, so when you're playing these zone defenses, and we're seeing this throughout the NFL, kind of talked about it leading into the season. Teams are very focused on not giving up these, you know, huge chunk plays. And that's why they're playing these two high shell defenses. All right, you got to drive the length of the field for on us for four quarters. Yep. 10 plays after 10 plays after 10 plays. And it just takes discipline to do that. And it's hard to create chunks in that. Um, The Saints are very much a man-based defense. Now, a lot of times it's that two-man, so two safeties deep, man underneath. But when you're playing man defense, you're going to have less, more than likely a lesser completion percentage, but also a greater chance for some big plays. And I think you saw that. And so it's always weak, or it should be, a week-by-week Kind of trial and error basis, um, but the, the the big thing is when the opportunities present themselves, because there's not that many. No matter what defense you, when the opportunity presents up, you got to hit it. You know yeah. the Ross touchdown, you got to make it. You know you you got to make that throw. They did the Saquon Barkley shot. You got to make that throw, and they did. And so you know it's always about minimal opportunities and striking when you can.
1: All right. How about Daniel Jones himself? We have talked about the scheme and how they helped develop some of those big throws. Generally speaking, what is it you like most about the steps that Daniel Jones has taken in year three, where it seems like at least through four games, he might be en route to a breakout year?
0: Yeah, I think the, the, this is a very simple thing to say, but an incredibly difficult thing to do. He has not been careless. And there's a difference, right? Because I do believe he's been aggressive with it, and I do believe he's put the ball in harm's way. You have to. You have to to be a really good passing team. But he's not been careless with it. And I remember being with Gary Kubiak, and Gary Kubiak said something to me when I was a younger player that really impacted me. He said, you got to understand, everybody's job in this organization is in the palm of your hands with that ball. Everybody's. And once you really realize that, both the positive and the negative it can change you and it seems at least through the first month of the season Daniel Jones is starting to grasp something like that and um, I love that listen he's always been good with his ball placement he's always been accurate he's always had the ability to anticipate or throw to a spot but then he's also had those two or three plays a game you go dude what are you doing (laughs) what are we you know why why Daniel why and I I said this Going into the season, I want Daniel to play as smart as he is, you know. And first week of the season, that red zone interception, you're going, bud, come on. You know, that that we can't have. And the past couple weeks, we've seen him get away from that. And that is very promising.
1: I also think the other thing, too, Dan, is that he seems to be playing faster and the game seems to be slowing down for him. The ball is getting out. A lot quicker, which is not allowing those defensive linemen to get there, which then just reduces the opportunity to him have to, for him to have some of those fumbles yeah. in the pocket.
0: Yeah, I'd say a couple things attached to that. Um, I think a lot of us have been critical of Dave Gettleman. Some of it's justified, right? Um, I'm included. I think the offensive line has been better than a lot of us expected. Mm-hmm. I, me, certainly. And Gettleman said going into this season, you know, I think this group's going to be better than people expect. So, at least, again, through the first month, I want to say he was right. So, I think that's part of it. Number two, we're watching this team run more RPOs than they ever have. Yep. That, I mean, I know we think RPOs are simplistic, and in many ways, they are. Now, they're also difficult to operate for a quarterback, for receivers, but it also helps your offensive linemen. You know, I don't think you live in them if you're the Giants, but given sometimes it's just... You know, it's nice to clear their minds. Hey, this is the run play. Let's go. Wait. The ball came out in one second. Defensive linemen are running downfield because we just hit a slant to Kadarius Tony for 14, you know? And so I think that's helping the overall offense. Um, and also, you got to get guy. He's got guys that can get open a little bit. You know? I don't want to be disrespectful to guys that have passed, but, you know, Gallaudet is winning more. Uh, Sheff, outside of, you know, last week and not playing, Winning more, because uh, there's Tony on um, them understanding. You know, guys getting open gives quarterbacks a little bit more of a feel and, and belief. All right, I can get this ball out of my hands because I trust that they're going to be there.
1: Yeah, the other thing I'll throw out there too, Dan. I, I want to get your your quarterback perspective take on this. You know, for the last. Last year, specifically with Jason Garrett, the Giants were one of the higher percentage run teams in the first halves of games on first and tens. This year in the first half, they're just 43% run on first down. That's 11th in the league. But on first and ten... They're 38% run frequency on first down. It's the lowest rate in the entire NFL. How much does it help for a quarterback when you get some more play action on first down, you get some more pass opportunities against run looks on defense, where then you might have more opportunities for those types of big plays we've been talking about?
0: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. It's not only just for the quarterback. When a quarterback gets a play action call on first down, right, your immediate thought process is, I got a chance for a big play. Maybe it's not the 70-yard touchdown, but I got a chance for a big, you know. So that gives you like that, that confidence, that um, almost shaping of the mindset of, all right, here's my chance. But it also gives you one, I feel like be protected, action, and then two, if it's not there, if that, if that can I have a check down, I'm like get the ball to and get it out of my hands. It also allows quarterbacks a lot of these play action passes, a lot of play action concepts, quarterbacks don't need to know the coverage pre snap. Right. You don't have to go through those mental agility hoops of is it cover two or is it cover four? Is it cover six or is it is it is it two? Is it six strong? Is it cover one? Sometimes, you know, play action pass concepts are often progression based. Hey man it's one, two, three check down. One, two, three so it forces you to just kind of play a little freer, you know. You're not you're not paralysis by analysis pre snap oftentimes. And so there's so much benefit to call in play action pass on early downs for quarterbacks.
1: How close do you think Saquon Barkley in the run game is, then to really becoming a factor here? Because while I think the offensive line, I agree, has been better than we thought in pass protection, I don't think the run game has necessarily been as good as a lot of us thought it could be because it actually wasn't bad last year with Wayne Gallman. It hasn't showed up yet this year. How close do you think Barkley in this run game are to, to really starting to get off here, which would give the offense another, di- another dynamic? Yeah,
0: I mean, that's also so game plan specific of how you're going to get played and whatnot, um, I don't think they have any real people movers. You know, mm. guys that can dent the defense, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so their run game, I think for this offense, they're actually looking at their run game being a complementary aspect rather than vice versa. I don't believe this offense is going to be founded on the run game. I don't. I think this offense is going to be, you know, moving forward, founded on the pass game and the run game being the secondary option. And again, I don't want to continue to go back to it too much, but the run-pass option aspect of things factors in. Because at some point, you know, defenses are going are to force the ball to get handed off and not allow those, you know, slants to come from behind or glances to come from behind. And So I think we'll see a little bit more of, you know, as the season goes, if they're going to continue to have success in the pass aspect of the RPO, force the handoff a little bit, and then rally to the ball.
1: Do you see the roles in the passing game starting to kind of smooth out a little bit where you see this is where Kadarius Tony fits. This is where Kenny Galladay yes. fits. How do you see that coming yes. together?
0: Yeah, I think you understand that Kenny Galladay, and you knew this, he, he's a guy that you want to move him around and you really want to give him in-breaking routes. You want to give him routes that he's able to go in the field or crossing the field because he can use his big body. Yeah. And then you know, opportunities to maybe take some shots downfield towards the side. I don't think Kenny Galladay's this comeback runner or out-route runner or, you know, corner runner. I just don't believe that. But allowing his big body to be kind of the rebounding aspect in basketball, you know, you're realizing he's good at that stuff. I think Kadarius Tony's a guy that you feel good giving him opportunities to separate from people, meaning, you know, his route tree, I don't believe, is going to be as down the field so to speak, is Kenny Galladay's, but giving him your slants, your quick outs, your sticks, your shallow crosses. Um, Again, also utilizing him in your run game with the jet sweeps, your perimeter screens. I I think you're realizing that. Shep can kind of do anything, so to speak. Um, He's the guy that wins at the top of the routes on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I think, and I honestly believe, you know, I would say the more I think Saquon is getting to a place I remember watching him run a route week one, week two, and I was like, gosh, Saquon, this is a bad route. And that's something he's actually better at, but he just wasn't maybe there yet. I think giving him the ability to run more more actual routes um, lined up as a wide receiver, I think is something this offense can kind of grow into as
1: well. Hey, Giant fans, don't miss out on the return of New York Giants football. The 2021 season is underway, but there's still time to secure your season tickets. And root on your Giants here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with the Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Or if you want single game tickets, folks, they're available too. Go to Giants.com slash single-game tickets, or you could take in all the action in New York Giants football from your very own private suite. Suites are a great way to entertain your family and friends while rooting on your Giants at MetLife Stadium. Speak with the Giants suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, break down this matchup this week against the Cowboys. A huge game for the Giants, Dan. At 1-3, and three, if they win this game, they're right in the thick of things. They get a win in the NFC East. If they lose, all of a sudden that game against the Saints doesn't mean quite as much. So what do the Giants need to do this week to slow down that Cowboys offense and come out of there with a win?
0: Yeah, I think defensive line-wise, maybe even that front seven, they got to match the physicality. Uh, Dallas's offensive line is violent right now. It is a violent group. You got to match their physicality. They got to have a plan for when Dallas brings their sixth offensive lineman into the game. You know, and I'll, I'll be interested to see what Patrick Graham does because you can't just play with your base front seven in that aspect because they got six bigs on the field. You got to match their bigs. Um, and I and I know that you know that's challenging because okay, they're play action game, but you got to match the violence and the physicality at the line of scrimmage. I think you've got to do a really good job of doing everything you can to keep the ball in front of you. You know, I really believe that them kind of having the philosophy of what the Patriots fit to Tom Brady is going to be a big deal, and the challenge is the Cowboys offense does such a great job of changing their tempos in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes that ball is going to get snapped with 15 seconds on the play clock. Sometimes it's 20. Sometimes it's 9. Sometimes it's 6. But the Patriots did such a good job of changing their look late in the play clock. And so, Cowboys really want to get the line of scrimmage. Okay, defense, what are you in? Ah, you're, gonna, you're in man coverage, right? We're going to get into a man coverage concept. Or you're in, you're in too high shell defense. Well, here comes our run game. And the more you can try to confuse Dak, hey, Dak, we are going to give you a too high look here. Get into your run game, dude. All right, now we know he's made the check into his run game. Let's get into an extra man down in the box, single high safety. So I think you really got to do a great job of your disguise. Getting their offense into the the scheme that you want them to get into and then protecting against it, I think, is is a fascinating part of this football game. Um, And then offensively, You know, the the, the Cowboys are doing a really good job in man coverage. I would double move the absolute doors (laughs) off Trayvon Diggs. I know he's a great player. I would double move him. I'm not going to let that young man, he's playing great football. He's not allowed to sit on my routes. He's just not allowed to, man. And um, I would double move him. I would try to put their linebackers in conflict pre-snap motion. I know that's not what the Giants do, but I would get those cats in coverage as well. Uh, Micah Parsons has been great. Let's see how good you are when you want to cover 26. You know, like, again, I, I want to stress these guys. I'm not letting Dallas' defense play kind of um, play to their pace, you know, to dictate to me. I'm, I'm, I'm dictating it to them. Um, and then when you get man coverage, your ball placement going to have to be great. Now that's a Daniel Jones strength, so you feel good about that. All
1: right, two quick follow-ups. One on the defensive side of the ball for the, for, for the Giants – it seems based on what you're talking about with their pace and having to make those adjustments, not having Blake Martinez out there could be a real problem because it seems, he seems like a guy that would be good at the type of things you're talking about and having a young guy like Tay Crowder out there. Now, he can get help with the Logan Ryans of the world at safety, but it seems like that could be a little bit of an issue and they're going to have to be careful with that.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think you you lean on those two, Bet Safeties and Pep and, and Logan Ryan. You, those guys, you know, and a big part of it is, is – Listen, it doesn't necessarily matter who starts the call mm. as long as everybody's on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got to trust that those guys can get you into the right stuff. And for a player like Jake Crowder, his job is just to be great with his relaying. You know? and, and maybe he is the type of guy that you feel comfortable for him owning that stuff. But as long as everybody gets on the same phone call, that's all that matters. And uh, whoever starts it, I don't think necessarily it's the biggest thing. It's just making sure all players are relaying.
1: All right. And then finally, where do you think they're going to play Micah Parsons this week? You know, to me, I don't. I watched that Carolina Panther game yesterday. Why they didn't have him lining up over the Panthers' tackles a little bit more, I'm not quite sure, given how good he was at rushing the passer in week two and three. Do you think they're going to use him more off ball with them releasing Jalen Smith? Is he going to go back to being a pass rusher this week? How do you think Dallas is going to try to utilize Micah Parsons?
0: Yeah, I still think they'll probably play him inside, you know, especially because the way Randy Gregory played, just candidly. Yeah. You know, I mean, Randy Gregory had a, and if you're going to get that from Randy Gregory as a as a pass rusher at a defensive end spot, you're playing really good football. I also think their defensive tackles are playing better, so it's allowing Mike to roam. And then the the real reality is, you know, even on early downs. I've always said this. The teams that are playing good defense, man, they're taking their third-down defensive calls and calling them on first down because that's what good offenses do. You know, when you put Micah Parsons up into the line of scrimmage as an inside linebacker, you got to ask yourself questions on offense. And, hey, who's blocking this guy in our, our pass game? Because if you're going to say, well, the offensive line has to be responsible for him, right. well, then there's the risk that you're putting your back on one of their bigs, one of their defensive linemen, defensive ends. All right, well, you sure you want to live in that world? Because if you're going to say, well, no, we can't do that, well, then you got to have your back block them. And that's a challenge, right? And so I think because of that, it gives them just a little bit more confusion, flexibility to create for the offense.
1: You're right. We saw the play last week when Parsons blitzed up the middle and he basically, you know, the yeah. the uh, running back tried to cut him, right? And he basically popped over him and ended up still getting the sack. So you're right, Dan. All right, Dan. Yeah. Pre- appreciate the time, my friend. Tell the folks everything you're up to at ESPN and tell everyone about your new podcast, Tapeheads.
0: Yeah, ESPN, obviously, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of Get Up on Monday morning strictly because we're the first people on TV after Sunday games, which I love. You know, NFL Live, I'm on Monday through Thursday. It's the best. It's the best. We we do such a. We take a lot of pride in trying to be really great teachers, but also entertaining. The crew is is a a, just a joy to work with, both on screen and off screen. And then, you know, college football calling games with Bobby Shue is the best. And we started a podcast with Scott Pioli, and I'm not just saying this, man. Like the stuff that Scott brings is so interesting to me. And Bob is fantastic with how he moves in and out. And he's also, I don't know if you know Bob at all, but Bob's got a great ability to make sure he's he's sharing his opinion he's been around football for so long he knows ball and um it's I'm doing a lot it's it's really fun to be a part of I'm I'm
1: super thankful for it yeah I thought the stuff Pioli was telling you guys about this week about how the front office is basically a servant to the coaching staff was just fascinating
0: Yeah, yeah yeah exactly man it was really
1: cool uh get the work Dan I know you're busy we appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us we'll talk to you soon enjoy the rest of the season brother thank you bud we thank Dan Orlowski for joining us on this week's episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Great conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. For Dan, I'm Schmelk. Thanks for checking out the Giants Huddle Podcast, which is on the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. It's also home of the All-In NYG Podcast, which celebrates the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 championship. Those episodes drop once a week. We took a week off this week, but they'll be back next week. Make sure you check it out. For Dan, I'm Schmelk See you next time on the Giants Huddle.